to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. And if you recall, the reason why he's saying this is because the Gnostics were teaching something different. The, the Gnostics were teaching that you, needed to, you need to read their books, and that it's hidden knowledge. And they said, well, what Paul has is good. That's a good start. But you need to have this knowledge that we have, this secret knowledge. And it was enticing. Oh, you know, Paul, is, he can just give you the elementaries, and he's just kind of a surface kind of a teacher. But if you really want the deep stuff of God, you need to listen to us and our books. And if, and if you recall, even that word hidden was the, the, the Greek word apocryphal, apocryphal. And Paul was like in their face because the, their knowledge, their hidden knowledge, they called it, you know, it's this apocrypho. It's a, it's a, it's a, a knowledge that we have from God and we, we have these writings. And if you, if you listen to our hidden knowledge and wisdom, this is how you're really saved. And Paul's like in your face and saying, no, 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 no. All the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge, it's all found in Jesus. And might I say that to everybody that's here? All the treasure of wisdom and knowledge is hidden and found in Jesus. It hasn't changed. It's in Jesus. Everything we need is in Jesus. We're going to look at, I believe next week, you know, we're complete in him. We don't need these extra books that the Mormon faith will tell you you need. You need these books. You need the Book of Mormon. We don't need the book that the Jehovah's Witnesses tell us. We have to use these books to understand the deeper things of God. No, we don't. We need Jesus. And he's writing this to warn them. Notice it says, you know, back in, I can go back, lest anyone should deceive you. Now this I say, that you, everything's found in Jesus, lest anyone should deceive you. So, so notice it says, lest anyone should deceive you. So uh, it, it's, as you read this, the understanding is they're not being deceived yet. So he's saying, he's warning them, lest you be deceived. I understand you're walking in faith, you're walking in love, you're walking in truth, you're walking in Jesus, but this is just a warning. And it's a warning for us. I've found over the years that false teachers, they use, typically they use a lot of truth and they just kind of sandwich it in with a little lie. Do you ever notice that? They use all this truth, but they put in these little lies and, and we have to beware, we have to be careful. And even, you know, some that have walked with the Lord for a while, it's like they, they, they twist things. And usually when it's confusing, it's because it's not true. God is not an author of confusion. God's an author of peace. There's different things. Uh, there's these different sayings. They even kind of creep through this church and it, and it concerned me where it says that you become the word. And then I've even talked to the person that's doing it. It comes from, you know, one of these you know, Todd White guys and stuff like that. And, and it says, but you become the word. You become love. You, you become faith. And it's almost like you're, you become this person. And, but it's not true. We do not become the word of God. Jesus Christ is the word of God. And then they might even use this and say, well, we're living epistles. Yeah, well, you, well in context, so let's look at that. We're living epistles. What does that mean? It means that, that people can read us or they're going to see a difference because we're, our life has been changed. But we do not become the word. And that's just, you know, when I hear that and then they twist it and I've talked, I've even someone in this church, I've, you know, sat down and talked to this person about it. And it was just this whole thing. Well, you know, I believe what you believe. And I said, like, well, this is what I believe. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. And that's what I mean to say. And I'm like, no, the, the, then don't say these wrong words. Or how about this one? 
You're so valuable to God that, that heaven went bankrupt for you. That sounds good, doesn't it? It sounds great, but it's not true. Heaven did not go bankrupt. God the Father was always in heaven. They didn't go bankrupt. But what it is, is to say how much value you are to God. And that's good. We are very, you are valued to God. So much he sent his only son to die in your place for you, but he didn't bankrupt heaven for you. And you might say, well, pastor, they're just they're splitting hairs. No, it's not splitting hairs because when someone's teaching this as doctrine, it has to be corrected. It's wrong. It's wrong. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. Don't listen to the deception. When, when you know, if you're, if you're not taking scripture with scripture, interpreting it with scripture, then we're going to be in trouble because you can take any verse out of the Bible and make it say what you think you want it to say. We have to be aware. It has to always line up with other scriptures. Amen. I was told years ago that those that are trained for recognizing counterfeit money, bank tellers or others that are trained in, in counterfeit, you know, detecting counterfeit money, that what they do is they have them handle the real thing, uh, dollar bills, 10, 20s, $100 bills. They have them just count it constantly and train. That's their training. They just count it, feel it, get to know it over and over and over and over. And you'd think that they would study the counterfeit, but no, they tell them, we want you to study the real thing. We want you to feel the real thing. And what they do is they have them count the real thing over and over and over, but then they slip a, a, a phony in there. They slip, slip a counterfeit in there. And I'm told this, that as soon as they touch it, because they're so used to handling the real thing, as soon as they touch it, they're like, that's false. Because they're used to handling the real thing. Folks, if we're used to handling the real thing, the, the true word of God, we're going to notice it. We're going to be, wait, something's wrong. And have you ever done this before? I've done this before. Or I, I'm there and I'm, I'm, you know, in a Bible study or just talking to someone about the Lord. And all of a sudden they're talking and talking. And they're like, well, something's wrong. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, that's confusing. And it's like, but it sounds right. And then you're like, well, that sounds okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, that scripture. Oh, you're using that scripture. But, but what they're doing is they're using that scripture way out of context to try to prove their point. We handle the real thing, the real thing, the real thing, the real thing. That's why we stay in the Word of God. We stay in the Word of God. We stay in the Word of God. The warning goes out. I just read a story about a pastor who was concerned about an unsavory business that had opened up near, the, near a school. So the protest had finally led to a, a court case. And so the def defense attorney was talking to the, the pastor, and he was trying to make him look terrible and the defense attorney said to the pastor, Don't, doesn't the word pastor mean shepherd? And he said, well, yes, it does. And he says, then aren't you supposed to be taking care of the sheep? And quickly the pastor replied, yes, but today um, I'm fighting the wolves. And that's part of being a pastor. It's not just tending the sheep. It's also fighting the wolves and, and not allowing the, the falseness to take place. It's important. Paul was aware of this. Paul said, lest you should be deceived. You're, you're not being deceived. In a, but lest you be deceived, don't fall for their persuasive words. Don't listen to those words that sound so comforting. Beware. Before I was a Christian, I remember, way before I was a Christian, I remember a time, I, a group of guys I was hanging out with, you know, going to clubs and bars and hanging out and all. They, all, they wanted to go to Daytona Beach for spring break. And I was like, yeah, let's go. You know, so we, we had a group of guys. We went to Daytona Beach. We got a hotel room that we looked online. And then when we got there, I don't think they put the right hotel room online because it just wasn't the same place. But it was, that's a whole other story. 
But I remember just hanging out on the beaches and just, we were partying and doing crazy stuff. And this young man came up to me while I was standing there on the beach and this young man looked right through me, basically. And he said, God, he, first he started talking to me. We had a great conversation. We were talking about, I don't even remember what it was. And we just went back and forth with a conversation. And then he looked at me and he says, God knows what you're going through. He knows everything about you. He loves you. And he, know, he can help you. And all I remember about this man is I looked in his eyes and I knew he knew God. And it struck me. And he handed me a track and I just took the track. I walked away from him. I, I, I don't even remember what I even said to him, but I basically rejected what he was saying. I just walked away. And that night I was wrestling with my two good friends at the time. They were both way over 200 pounds big. We were all working out at, okay, use your imagination. I was working, I was about 200 pounds too. I was 198 pounds, believe it or not. So we were working out a lot, working out together and everything. So we were just wrestling around. Well, I found myself, I was down like on the ground, had both of them on my back and I lifted them both up and then my back just popped. It went pop and I fell down. I couldn't stand up. My two friends lifted me up. They set me in the bed. And so I went to sleep thinking, wow, that's terrible. By morning, I'm going to feel great. I got up in the morning. I swung my feet around the bed. I went to stand up and I fell down like a rag doll. I couldn't walk. They called the ambulance. They called 911, and they took, the ambulance came, picked me up, rushed me to the hospital. The doctor did, they did their x-rays. They looked up. They showed me on the screen. I'll never forget. The doctor was, this beach guy, his hair was like down to here. He's like, dude. He's like. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is scary. You know? So he's like, he's like. Showing me the x-rays, he goes, like, uh, uh, you got a deformity, and that's, you know, on the lower back, and, you know, you were born this way, and you're missing this part here should be here, and, but, you know, so you damaged that area there, and uh, so, I, you know, we'll, we'll just give you some, uh, some prescriptions and some painkillers, and we'll just send you on your way, and it should in time, you should be okay, da, 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 da. I think, I don't know, dude, you know, it's like, <laughs> I'm like, thanks. So I was concerned, I, I couldn't walk. Obviously, I can walk now, but when I remember time just going by, I started getting a little better, a little better, just a little bit better day by day, and I was still going to the clubs, and the Lord just put this strongly in my heart, and I, I, I believe he wants me to share this story. And I was still going to the clubs, and I just remember just one time I was on this dance floor, and I was just dancing with this girl or whatever, and I was just dancing and trying to dance with all this pain, and I'm like, can't even move. I'm in so much pain, and I'm like, what am I doing? And I knew God was trying to get my attention. And he was getting my attention. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? Why, you know, this is an empty existence and I'm just living for today and just partying and all this, this is just wrong. And I, and I knew that, I just remember, I'll never forget, I'm just standing on this dance floor thinking I could barely move my back and I'm out here to just, what, to do what? What am I doing? Not coming against dancing or anything. I'm just saying my life was just terrible. So in my mind, not saved yet, I prayed once with my sister years ago as a young man, but never walked with God really. And so now I know a little bit about it. I believe that God is definitely trying to get my attention. He's trying to, to, to you know, call me out. 
So this is all going on. Listen to this. So in my mind, I'm just thinking, okay, well, you know, this one girl I kind of like, you know, and, you know, so maybe I'll just stick with her and just, you know, me and her will be together. That way I'm not doing this crazy stuff with every, you know, all that crazy. So I thought in my mind, it's like, this is right. And this is the way to go. And this is just being with one girl. And yeah, we're just going to live together. And all this is going to be, and that's God probably, he's going to honor this. And this is going to be good because I'm not sleeping around with all these other ones and all this. So this is a good thing. And so in my mind, and then I was talking to people that call themselves Christians, and I said, well, what do you think? I'm living with my girl and all this stuff. Oh, yeah, that's great. And it's honorable, isn't it? I'm not with her. Oh, that's, that's very honorable. So, but then my sister, who loved Jesus, who was a Bible-believing, still is a Bible-believing woman of God that loves Jesus, on fire for the Lord, she came to me and says, you know, what you're doing is wrong. God cannot bless that. And I got mad at her. I argued with her. I said, what are you talking about? It's not, you know, I'm just, at least I'm with one girl and I'm just, you know, and all this other. She says, no, but God cannot bless that. And I was calling myself a Christian. And she says, you call yourself a Christian, but it just doesn't equal out. I was so mad at her and I got so upset, but I'm so glad she told me the truth. Shortly after that, it wasn't long after that, I I prayed, I received Christ, my sister prayed with me, I I gave my life to Christ, and guess what? By the Holy Spirit living inside of me, I knew right away that was wrong, and we broke that up right away, and that, you know, that was wrong what was going on, and God cleansed me and forgave me and set me free, and, 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 and he did a wonderful work, and as I went through the word of God, I realized that, you know, yeah, sex outside of marriage is wrong, and, and it's just the deception was just coming out and lies were being dispelled and truth came in. Don't be deceived. Don't be self-deceived. Don't think it's okay because you think it's okay. What does God say? What does God's word say? Deception's real. I was living in a very deceptive world, but I am so thankful that I had people in my life that told me the truth. And as you know, the scripture, it says you'll know the truth and the truth will. Amen? All right. As we talk about deception, I really believe the Lord want me to sh- wanted me to share that for somebody here today. I don't know who. As we talk about deception, one of the big deceptions I believe many Christians fall into are being too busy for the things of God, caught up with the things of this world. Lord, help us. In Galatians 6, 7, he says, do not be, as we're talking about deceived, do not be, can we say it together? Deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. So what we sow, we're going to reap. If we sow uh, spiritual things, we're going to reap. What you're doing today, you're sowing spiritual things. You're going to reap. When you get to heaven, this is going to count for all eternity by being in the Word and spending time in the Word of God. And when, if you sow to the Spirit, you're going to reap everlasting life. You're going to reap good things. But, the, but it goes on to say, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap. Can we say it together? Corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So when we sow to the Spirit, it's going to be good. You're going to reap forever. But when we sow to the flesh and the fleshly things, we're going to reap corruption. Don't be deceived. Paul's talking to the church there in in Colossae, saying, don't be deceived with these false teachers. And Paul's saying to the church there in Galatia, don't be deceived with thinking that if you keep sowing to your flesh, like, oh, I'm a spiritual person. You can't be spiritual. Don't be deceived. Don't be self-deceived. Next verse in our text. 
For though I am absent in the flesh, Paul says, talking to the church there, the the believers in Colossae, though I'm absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. So Paul's saying, I might not be there physically right now, but I'm there spiritually. I'm praying for you. I'm battling for you. I'm going to war for you in the spiritual realm. I think about my sister again. That's what she did for me. I was at Daytona Beach. Guess what? She was praying. Guess what? The guy that came walking up to me, most likely an answer to my sister's prayer. She wasn't there in the flesh, but she was there spiritually saying, Lord, be with my brother. Lord, please do something. Please send somebody. And boom, we can be there in the spirit for other people. You have family members that don't know Jesus? Pray for them. Go to battle. Do you have friends that don't know Jesus? Go to battle. Do you have neighbors that don't know Jesus? Keep going to battle. But then he's saying, rejoice, rejoicing to see your good order and your steadfastness. These are military terms. Your good order, your, uh, you're in rank. You know, I, I'm excited to see how you're not falling under false teaching. You have good order. You're, you're steadfast, means you're firm, that you're, you're not being moved by all this. And, and Paul's just saying, I rejoice to see this. I, I'm excited that you guys, that these false teachers are there, but you're not falling for that. But then in verse six, he says, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So walk in him. As you've received Christ Jesus the Lord. Can I say this? Salvation is all about a person, Jesus. It says, as you received Jesus Christ the Lord, Christ Jesus the Lord, it's all about a person, it's Jesus. It's not about a bunch of rules and regulations. That's not what salvation is. It's about a person. Thursday afternoon when I was here, my wife and just kind of doing some things here at the church, but some man came walking in and he had some questions. He says, I saw the sign out there and this is a Calvary Chapel. I said, yeah. And he says, you know, started asking me questions about the church. And so I was answering his questions and going back and forth. And I was like, you know, I says, well, how about you? And, you know, we started talking about Jesus and, you know, Jesus dying on the cross. As I was talking about Jesus Christ, I said, you know, died on the cross for our sins. He just started crying. He started weeping. I says, tell me something. His name's Robert. I says, tell me something, Robert. I says, do you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you? He says, well, I'm not sure. And then I said, well, you would be sure. If the Holy Spirit's living inside of you, you would know it. And I said, can I pray for you? I said, do you believe that Jesus died on the cross? He says, yeah. He says, I believe he died for my sins. I says, great. I says, so you, you understand that. You're a sinner. Yeah. I said, well, let's pray. So right in the back there, we, we prayed. And Robert, then it went from crying to sobbing. He just like sobbing. He just gave his life to Jesus. Robert saved. He received Jesus Christ. It, salvation is all about a person. I didn't say, okay, now, Robert, you've got to keep the Ten Commandments. Otherwise, you're not saved. Matter of fact, are you circumcised, boy? No. <laughs> No. (laughs) It's not how you're saved. As you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, it's about salvation. It's about a person. It's about Jesus Christ our Lord. I know it's simple, but it's so profound. It's about receiving Jesus. But then he says, so walk in it. Walk in that. Well, how did we receive Christ Jesus our Lord? By grace, through faith. So walk by faith and walk in the grace of God. 
You, you've received him by grace. I'll even put, I'll put that up. Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you've been saved through faith. That's not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So we've received Christ Jesus the Lord basically through faith, but it's by his grace. So what I'm trying to get at is we, are, we when you receive Jesus, it's by faith. God's grace is there, unmerited favor, but it's by faith you believe, right? And Paul's saying, just that's, keep walking in that, you guys. Keep trusting the Lord. And I think he's coming against the, the false teaching again, where you've got to do this, you've got to keep rules, you've got to do, he's saying enough of all that stuff. Okay, you're, you're walking in him, just keep trusting God. And that, that exhortation goes out to us today. You just keep trusting God. You realize that you are one of God's favorites because that's what grace is, right? God's favors on us. So walk in that. Continue to walk in that. Don't stop walking in that. It's a great reminder for us today. For without faith, it's impossible to do what? Please God. Our exhortation today is walk by faith. Keep trusting God. Keep trusting him. Don't believe lies. Don't believe deception. Keep trusting him. Let's look at the last verse, please. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So guys, just be thankful. He's telling them, just you keep being built up, rooted. You, you ground yourself in Jesus. You ground yourself in the word. You keep being built up in your faith with him, with Jesus, being established. That means a firm, stay firm in these things. Don't, don't waver. Stay with him. I recently I was talking to some of the parents here that have children that are in the children's ministry. And we were just talking about how some of these kids, they just, when they, after high school age, they just kind of drop off. And it's a scary thing. It's a concern of mine. It's a concern. We see it constantly, constantly. There's been people, kids in that high school room, you see them, you're like, they're on fire for Jesus. You're like, wow, there's no way. They're just going to keep with Jesus. And all of a sudden they graduate, they're gone. It's like, where do they go? Oh, this one got pregnant. That one's living with so-and-so. This one's going this way. This one's going south over here. And you're like, no, no. Why? And I thank God for the ones that are, are continuing in their faith. And it's this word, you know, steadfast. This, be steadfast, established, be firm in the faith. And, and it's like, what do we do, you know, to help these kids? And, you know, we need to pray for these kids. That's a shame to see that, isn't it? And I was making a suggestion. So if you have children here that, you know, this is my suggestion. Take it or leave it, but this is my suggestion for you as parents here. I would suggest, you know, pick out something in the message that spoke to you, maybe a verse that spoke to you, and share it with your kids. Share what God is saying to you personally and say, you know what, if you're talking about being deceived and this verse stood out or this thing stood out or, you know, this thing stood out. Don't tell them about my story though, okay? Not yet, that's not good. Other than I was lost and now I'm found. And I'm going to encourage the teachers to, to, for the kids to share with the parents. So when you, guys, when you guys leave, either in the car, when you're eating and going out, to, to share how the Lord is speaking. And say, well, what is the Lord saying to you? And what's going on? You know, how does the Lord speak to you? And to make that connection. And hopefully, I'm thinking to even make that connection from the sanctuary to the classroom. That they're understanding what we're learning in here. We're understanding what they're learning in there. Amen that hopefully they'll be firm, 
established in the faith. We keep praying for these kids. Paul is worried about those in Colossae as we close. He's concerned that they're going to be deceived. I'm concerned. I'm concerned for those that are in this sanctuary. Don't be deceived. Don't be lied to. Stand for truth. I'm concerned about our children. That they learn the truth. They stay in the truth. That we're established in the things of Him. Amen. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.